Welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined again this week by Pistol. How are we, buddy? I'm not too bad, thanks. Uh, you sound very chirpy for someone who just uh, watched their team go down. Don't know what you're talking about. This week, we're jumping straight into the ins and outs. It's got to be a bit of a snappier podcast considering the round has already started. And do you want to lead us off with the Geelong versus Port game? We might as well mention the ins and outs quickly because there was a debutant in the game. <laughs> I thought you just said that there was no game tonight, so um, I'm not sure this game is uh, actually real. Correct. There was a game. I just don't think there was a result from that game. I'm pretty sure it's still um, still pending. So we'll just flip through the lineups quickly and move on to the next one. All right. Well, for the Geelong side, uh, Mark O'Connell was dropped, uh, so he made it to the bubble, but did that did not pop. Kuniko was named for his first game. I wonder how he'll perform. Um, I'm guessing it was a pretty average performance. I'm not sure he will hold his spot, but we'll see when the game finishes. Um, on the Port Adelaide side, Chad Wigard was out. Aaron Young comes in. Hopefully, he can have a great game and uh, Port Adelaide can win. Right, JP? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, Kiko, or however you pronounce his name, ended up with 49. Geelong were the winners. Um, and if you if we're going to draw any positives as Port fans, is that Dangerfield was the vice-captain of pretty much the whole competition and scored 163. So you can sleep well at night knowing you're not going to have to stress over a captaincy option this week. Um, the next game on the list is Sydney and Hawthorne. And... Florent came back in this one, and Cunningham went out with a foot injury. There are some interesting ins for Hawthorne with Dallas Willsmore, Caden Brand, and James Cousins coming in. So two debutons for Kurt Heatherly, Billy Hartung, and Will Lankford. Do you know anything about these two debutons? One's at an absolute bottom basement price pistol. Yeah, James Cousins is only 102k. He is quite a decent-sized ball winner in the VFL, as is Dallas Willsmore. I mean... Box Hill Hawks are actually a dominant VFL side, so um, they do get quite a lot of the possession each game. It's hard to see if they'll stay in the side. They'll definitely have to play well to keep their spot, but at least their options are coming through thick and fast now with all these rookies. So I'm excited to watch them play. Hopefully they have good games and um, give us some sort of decent cash, especially James Cousins. 102K is really, really cheap, so hopefully he uh, comes in. Do you know if there's any relation to Ben Cousins, JB? I doubt it. So maybe they're just Cousins Cousins. Oh boy, that would still be in relation. But anyways, we're going to move on to the Western Bulldogs versus St. Kilda. Hopefully with those two uh, rookies, one of them does pop up and score well and looks like they're going to have job security. Um, we are getting a lot, a lot of um, of incoming trading targets, so we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, in this one, there's another debutant with Tim English coming in with Jake Stringer and Shane Biggs for the Bulldogs. Travis Cloak was omitted for so for those of you who have him in your team, he won't be a captain option this week. You're probably gonna to have to trade him out. Jack Redpath and Lucas Webb were also omitted. So a bit of an axe swing from the Bulldogs. Um, Shane Savage and Minchington were are in for St. Kilda with a Dunstan omitted, which hurts my draft team, and Nick Rewalt going out with a knee injury. So um, I believe it's more of a rest for Rewalt this week. If you were an owner, considering it's probably just going to be the one week and then the buy, would you hold on to Rewalt knowing he should be coming back fully fit and firing in round 12 onwards? Yeah, I think uh, it would be a bit rushed to have a knee-jerk reaction and uh, trade him out with that oh, knee injury. Man. Yep, yep, I did it. I went there. And um, <laughs> you may as well just hold him. He's going to come back after the buy. On the... Bulldog side, I do want to talk a little about Tim English. He is um, a ruckman, 
can play a little bit as a forward, but he was actually one of the highest possession averaging ruckmen um, out of all of the draftees. Well, he was the highest averaging one, but he's actually one of the highest possession averaging draft ruckman draftees in the past decade. His game is really similar to that of Dean Cox, so um, he's one. I'm not sure he'll be so super coach relevant this year, but in the future, he's definitely going to be, at some stage, he's going to be in everyone's team, so I could almost guarantee it. And on to the next game, it's Melbourne versus the Gold Coast Suns up in Darwin. James Harms, Jake Melcham, and Alex Nibullen come in for the Ds, with Dean Kemp being omitted, Christian Salem being suspended, and Wiedemann being omitted as well. Um, on the Gold Coast side of things, probably the more um, significant team in this one, Will Brody makes his debut, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but David Swallow comes back as well for those who held him <coughs> pistol. And Pierce Hanley, Hanley comes in, which is great news um, for him, considering the reasoning for his omission uh, uh, in the first place. Jack Bowes goes out, Keegan Brooksby, and Gary Ablett with a shoulder injury. So there's a lot to talk about here. Let's start with Will Brody. Um, if you were to compare him to any player in the league, preferably a young gun, who would you compare him to with his body type, etc.? Probably someone like Ollie Wines. He's um, kind of a man-child. His big body... Inside midfielder, loves to tackle, um, will kick a goal every now and then as well. So um, Will Brody's, Brody is high on my um, target list. I think he is going to be a great option, especially given he plays through all the buy rounds. Hopefully he plays well enough to at least earn his spot for a couple of weeks because I really, really want to get this guy in my team. Yeah, no doubt. And then on to the next one, David Swallow um, coming in. For those who held him, um, obviously there's really nothing to do, and for those who traded him out, there's nothing to do. So there's not a whole lot to talk about, but it's who he comes in for, and that's Gary Ablett doing his shoulder. Um, just huge, huge news. Um, do you know much about this injury pistol? No, I don't. It was actually very surprising. Um, they basically just said that he had got repetitive uh, knocks in the same spot, and his shoulder was just a bit sore. So they decided to give him an extra week off, and hopefully he'll be right for next week. Um, the big worry for me is that Bernie Vince was going to tag him, I'm 100% sure. So now he might go to David Swallow, which uh, would suck given have held him this whole time and probably cop a poor score if he's being tagged by Vince. But I am hoping he goes to Pierce Hanley instead, so fingers crossed. Yeah, no doubt. Hanley a bit rough to cop the tag on, the, uh, on his game back. But yeah, he's a very damaging player. Teams do like to send someone to him. Uh, the next game is in Adelaide with the Crows taking on Fremantle. Josh Jenkins comes in, which uh, definitely hinders Andy Otten's scoring ability. Um, if you've still held on to him, this might be the last straw for you. He, he could be um, one to trade out. One definitely to trade out now is Curtly Hampton's gone out with an ankle, and it's sad to see Gallucci only last one game after being omitted now. Um, so quite a few stories in the Crows team this week. If you had Otten pistol, would this be the last straw for you? I'm not sure this would be. It's kind of a tough situation given round 11 is next week and a lot of people are missing defenders and Otten does play in that round. So you might want to wait until after round 11 to get rid of Otten or do it now. So I wouldn't I wouldn't wait till next week to get rid of him. So kind of have to make up your mind and I'm not quite sure which is a better option, but I would be leaning towards holding. No doubt. And with Hampton, obviously, with it being an injury, you're probably best trading him anyways considering... The unlikeliness of pay, playing through uh, many of the buys anyway. Uh, for Fremantle, it's Jonathan Griffin and Darcy Tucker coming in for Ed Langdon. And of course, the um, the not-so-shocking news considering it was announced so early in the week, Aaron Sanderlands, the big man, is having a week off. So 
it says hamstring here, but I feel like it's more of a rest. Um, they are traveling down to Adelaide. With Big Sandy, we'll talk a lot about him later on. Um, it, it's just a little bit of a, a warning sign, a little bit of a flashing light in everyone's heads right now, Pistol. Yeah, no, we'll cover this uh, later after the teams. We'll go into it in depth. Oh, a bit of a bit of a short answer there from Pistol. Doesn't want to give anything away. <laughs> on to the next game. It is Richmond versus Essendon, um, and this will be a close one. A very two very informed uh, sides. Obviously, Richmond not winning too many games in the last few weeks, but being very very close to some uh, flag contenders. That's for sure. In for the Richmond Tigers this week is Josh Caddy and Todd Elton. And out is Ivan Soldo and Anthony Miles. So good to see Soldo goes out um, for Nank this week, or for Nank's sake this week. He did uh, score a ton last week, but I'm not sure if he was his um, he was at his best. Nank with Soldo taking some of that ruck time pistol. Yeah, it's it can't be a bad thing for Nank to to solely ruck by himself. So it's just great. <laughs> He's rucking Soldo this week. Salt, yeah, yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah, it's JB one pistol zero. That's that's the that's the scoreboard right now. Um, Bell Chambers comes in for Essendon, and those who have Loyenberger, which is I'm sure a large capacity of the competition, will have to trade him out because he's got illness. So, um, Collingwood versus Brisbane. Do you want to take over, Pistol? <laughs> I would love to. So, big news is uh, Matty Scharenberg is actually going to play. So that's fantastic. I couldn't wait to see him play, given he's averaging 35 touches in the VFL. Uh, Tim Broomhead, Jackson Ramsey, Ben Crocker and Mason Cox all go on to the extended interchange with Henry Shade being omitted and James Aish out with that fractured cheekbone. On the Brisbane side, um, you've got Cutler, McStay, Bastanak, Buick, Cedric Cox, Matheson, Archie Smith all in. Most of those people are on the extended interchange. Um, handful of them on the field um, with Tom Bell, Josh Walker, Clay Beams and Ryan Harwood um, all out. So quite a lot of changes for this game. I guess the biggest news is uh, Barry stays um, in the squad. His name's on ball and uh, McCluggage is on McCluggage is on the um, extended interchange bench so he'll have to hold his spot, JB. Yeah, no doubt. And on to the next game. It's West Coast Eagles versus the GWS Giants. Tough game to tip this one, considering it's at Domain and West Coast actually show up there. It's got we've got Will Schofield, Josh Hill, Drew Petrie, Eric McKenzie, Lewis Jetta, Jackson Nelson, Mark Hutchings, and Malcolm Carpenter all in for West Coast. That was a mouthful. With Jack Redden, Fraser McOut, Kurt Mutimer, Sherrod Wellingham, and Tom Barras all out. So a couple of big ones in there. Um, Fraser McKins obviously McAuts this week and Kurt Mutimer. So a few people relying on them as a half decent cash cows didn't last too long pistol. No, not at all. Uh, we did predict on the first Monday podcast that uh, McInnes wasn't going to last. Um, it was just a bit sooner than we expected for him to get the chop. And unfortunately, Kurt Mutimer was uh, one to make way after his performance last week. Hopefully he can come back for next week for those uh, that are holding him so he can play through the bye, but I uh, can't say it's very likely at this stage. Yeah, definitely not. And in for GWS is Isaac Cumming, Dawson Simpson, Tim Moore, Harrison Himmelberg, and Matthew Kennedy with Rory Lobb and Steve Johnson coming going out. Isaac Cumming and Dawson Simpson are new names, Pistol. Can you do you know anything about those two? Well, Dawson Simpson uh, is the the old Cats ruckman. Um, he performed very well during the NAB Cup, or called, should have called it uh, the JLT series. Um, I doubt he comes in and he's going to be on the um, extended interchange. 
Isaac Cumming, um, I think he'll be going out of the squad on as he's named in the extended interchange, um, as is pretty much everyone else you mentioned. So I don't think there's going to be too many changes. It's interesting to note that GWS only have 26 fit players at the moment. So pretty much everybody that has been named is their only fit players, um, which is great for the rookies that have been named um, on the field, um, such as Daniel Lloyd and uh, Perryman is on their extended interchange bench. Yeah, no doubt. Good news that they'll be keeping their spots for a few more weeks to come considering the GWS injury woes. On to the last game of the round. It's Carlton versus North Melbourne at Eddie Had, And in for the Blues is Liam Sumner, Simon White, Harrison McCready, Billy Smets and Andrew Phillips with Dal Thomas uh, going out and Sam Rowe. So two massive uh, super coach players going out for that one. Um, I am I, is there too much sarcasm in this one, Pistol? <laughs> Possibly. I didn't realize we've been sarcastic at all, actually. Okay, well, Dale Thomas and Sam Rowe may not be great options anymore. Sad news from Rowe, actually. He did do his ACL, so um, he'll be out for a long time. North Melbourne have Jed Anderson, Trent Dumont, and Braden Pruce in, so not a whole lot happening in their squad, and all three of those players are named on the extended bench. Do you consider Prucey as an, a potential in for this one, Pistol? Because those people considering Goldie this week might have to reconsider if that's the case. No, uh, Pruce has been named on the extended interchange, I think, every single week so far, and then becomes an emergency, so I expect that to be the same this week. Yeah, no doubt. Having said that, we're now going to move on to the rookies this week, and um, we've got a bit of a dilemma with so many good rookies not being on the bubble yet and so few good rookies being on the bubble this week. I think a lot of people are tossing up between going with Greenwood this week, um, which is early and of course has its risks, or trading in someone like Lloyd. So we need a cool, calm head to talk us through the best options in maybe maybe chuck a list up there, Pistol. Who do you think we should be targeting um, as our key ins in the rookie department? Well, I think... If you're playing for overall points, you really need to consider that although there are a lot of rookies coming through the ranks right now, most of them, if not nearly all of them actually, have the round 13 buy, which means you really need to target and pick and choose which ones you want. So you need to look at them um, all as a whole, not just get whatever's on the bubble every week, because if you do that, you're just going to end up with a whole bunch of round 13 rookies, and come round 13, you're going to be screwed. You're going to have lots and lots of donuts. So um, for me... I do like Daniel Lloyd as a pick, so if you're going to get Daniel Lloyd, I think that's okay, and he'll probably last um, throughout the buys. However, if you're also going to get Greenwood, and you're also going to get Scharenberg, and maybe you want to get Perryman, maybe James Cousins or Dallas Wilsmore as well if they become good, all these players have the same buy. So if I had to pick somebody this week, I would probably go early on uh, Hugh Greenwood. He has got that mid-forward eligibility, which is a massive bonus, which will just give me another week to view all the other rookies. Um, I can take another look at Perryman. I can see if his name for his third game. Um, I get to see what Will Brody looks like and how he scores, because you might want to go early on Will Brody because he plays through all the buys. And even uh, Matty Scharenberg as well could be somebody, if he pumps out another 35 touches in the AFL, he could be someone to get on as well. So... I think it's very dependent on uh, your buy structure, but for me, if I had to choose a rookie this week, it would be going early, which is breaking a cardinal sin of Supercoach and getting Hugh Greenwood just because of all the rookies being in round 13. You really, really need to look at which ones you want. So my order would definitely have um, Greenwood number one. Probably someone like 
Will Brody number two if he performs pretty well, and then you're looking at a Sharon Berg and a Perryman, and then maybe Daniel Lloyd, um, and then the the Hawthorne rookies. So um, that's pretty much a summary of what I think. Um, is there something you think similar, JB? Yeah, I'm definitely along the same lines as you are. I think Greenwood's got to be the main option this week. Him and uh, Lloyd have the same buyer anyway, and although Lloyd has the job security that Greenwood may not, um, if Greenwood keeps playing the way he's playing, even if he puts out 60s, 70s, 80s, we know how long Kirtley Hampton and Otten lasted in that side. So um, he may be a different sort of player, but I think he's got um, longevity in uh, the Crows' best 22. So yeah, he'd definitely be my number one option with um, Brody being number two and a clear number two. I think he'll come in and play well. Um, although he's had a bit of an inflated price, um, he plays through every single buy, so I think he'll be worth every cent, even if he doesn't make us um, heaps of cash, which I think he will anyway. Um, we'll talk a lot about him next week, but Scott Selwood did just play. Where would you prioritize him? Because we do need to start thinking about if next week we're trading in rookies and we're going, we'll get Greenwood then when he's on the um, bubble. We'll get this player, that player, Perriman then. Scott Selwood could be a serious option and might have to be factored into our trade considerations now, Pistol. Yeah, Scott Selwood is only priced at 280k, so it's very cheap for somebody that's just knocked out back-to-back tons. Um, he has got a lot of tackles in the last two weeks, so it might be somewhat unsustainable, but I still think he's good for an 85 to 90 average, which should make 150k, which is as much as other rookies. So even though you have to invest more money to get them, and they'll still give you more points on the field than other rookies and still make you the same amount of money. He also has a round 12 buy, which is super valuable. So I think Scooter is a fantastic pick, and I'm really strongly considering getting him next week. Um, so Greenwood this week a bit early, getting Scooter next week, and then looking at Will Brody the week after. So um, I would highly suggest getting in um, Scott Selwood. He's going to have a break-even of over minus 100. So he's going to make in his first jump probably um, something close to 60, 70K anyway. So uh, definitely sounds like a good option. We did skip over um, somebody that is on their bubble this week, which is Brad Shear for Gold Coast. I should say, Gaz is out, and they did bring in Swallow, and they did bring in Hanley, which are a lot of midfielders, and I think when Gaz, looking at the team, Gaz probably comes in, it's going to be one of Shear and one of Brody that falls out, and I think, based on Shear's other two games, which have been quite poor, I think um, Brody might stay in the squad, and it might be Shear the one that's dropped, so just for the job security side, that's why we haven't been mentioning him. Yeah, he'd definitely be on the bottom of my list, purely for job security reasons, um, when he has played, he hasn't been too flash either. So um, unfortunately for Shear, he just isn't a huge option for us, although he plays in every buyer. So um, if he has a good week this week and looks like he's going to stay in the team, definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, and just to cap it off, I think Greenwood's a big option this week just because of the Selwood factor next week. But remember, you do get three trades next week. So you could go two down, one up, or any combination of things with three moves. So... Um, just a lot of things to consider leading into this buy. I hope you haven't locked in your trades already because so much has changed to start with the round. Um, and now onto the next big issue, pun definitely intended, um, Sanderland. So if you're facing a zero this week, Pistol, just as we spoke about with Wits the week before this, would you make that trade to um, to move on Sanderland or to, to sort of trade in maybe a swingman like... Um, Patrick Rowe has already pay, played, but even Nate, would you would you trade one of these players in to avoid that donor or just uh, cop it and uh, move on? Oh, I assume a lot of people already have Nick. Maybe you could upgrade um, a 
forward to another Ruckman and just have uh, Sandy on the bench for a week and then play Nank in your forward line. Um, to be fair, I think if you're going to cop a zero, it's always best to trade. Um, I mean, if you are going to cop a zero next week um, in round 11 by trading him to, say, let's say, Steph Martin, you might not want to do that trade, but in pretty much every situation, um, not uh, avoiding the zero is the best thing to do. Sandy, it's not even guaranteed that he does come back next week. Um, they said there he's likely to play, but with an old, him being old and having an old man hammy injury, um, it's not guaranteed. So I think it's quite risky um, holding him, especially if you have Nank in the forward line already so that you can swing him up and trade um, Sandy Lens to a premium forward. Or if you have a mid-DPP as well, you could trade um, Sandyland straight to a midfielder. I think that's probably something that I would look at. If you do just have um, Nank and Sandy in your ruck line, then you're probably going to have to trade Sandylands to a, um, a ruckman this week. And out of all the options, I think there's only two that you can look at, and that would be Steph Martin and Todd Goldstein. Todd Goldstein's great price has great um, expect projection this week, and he has a great buy around 12, so lots of ticks. I don't know, it's just me feeling a bit iffy. I'm, I don't think he's going to be a bad pick, but I just can't get it out of my head that come around 20, send, send off Goldie to have uh, ankle surgery, clear it out, and play Proust the last three or so weeks. Um, I, that could be completely wrong, um, but it is keeping me from getting Goldstein. And also, Steph Martin does seem like a better option anyway. He's averaging 109, so um, that's extremely good anyway. Basically, if you could trade Sandylands, would you, JB? Um, I, I would definitely do it to avoid a donut, especially if I was going for rankings. Um, if I was if I was uh, just playing my league, I'd definitely check out who I was playing next week. See if you can sort of um, cop the donut. See if they've got Sandylands even. Um, I think it's very... I know you think it's risky to hold him. I think it's very risky to trade him, um, considering he's been in such good form recently and he's churning out those hundreds. I mean, we don't trade other premiums for just missing a week, especially if we've got cover. So um, although it's an old man injury, I'm pretty confident he'll be back next week, as was Ross Lyon, as is Sandy, I'm sure. So I think he's definitely one to hold. Um, it, yeah, it's just very dependent on the on the specific person we're talking about here. Um, I for one, I'm I'm definitely holding him. If you could trade to a premium midfielder, maybe, but there aren't too many forwards or even ruckmen that I really catch my eye. And I do agree with your stand uh, with your Goldstein uh, sentiments. If they are resting Goldstein with weeks to go when they're making the finals, what's going to happen when they're um thirteenth and out of the race and can't make the finals? Are they really going to risk Goldstein for those last few games? So. Um, I, I, it's just, it's it, it's a rough one because he's playing so well and the Ruckman aren't standing out so much. But I think I'd be inclined to hold him unless I was copying a zero and going for rankings. Pretty much, it's it's very tough pistol. <laughs> yeah, I I am trading Sandylands uh, this week by swinging Nank uh, into the forward line, and then I'm going to be using uh, Elliot Yo, who is in my midfield, and put him into the forward line, and then trade Sandylands straight to Rory Sloan. So I'm going to get a premium midfielder in, and I. Th- think I might be in a quite a unique situation because I did have um, seven forwards uh, before this week. So trading, well, putting Nank into the um, ruck line 
left me with six forwards, which means I don't have to field somebody like Parsons. And I know a lot of people are going to have the emergency on Parsons, and if he copped a good score, they were going to be happy with playing him. But now that he's copped a pretty poor score with a, being a 42, um, I think a lot of people are going to be trading in Greenwood and playing him on the field and hoping he goes all right, or trading Sandy Lens to even a forward um, to avoid getting that score. If you had to trade Sandy Lens to a forward, who would be the top of your wish list, JB? Um, again, it's very um, buyer-dependent, but if you didn't have either of the Bulldogs, I'd definitely be looking at them as obvious options. Um, it's tough, like no Nick Rewalt this week, so um, there are a couple of forward premiums that aren't playing well. I think one of my best um, options would be a cheap Sean Higgins pistol. Could you imagine? He's got a good pie. He's got a good buy. He's been in decent enough form. No, no, you got to get over Sean Higgins. <laughs> it's all about the Elliot Yo. I don't think I would um, trade in a Bulldogs player right before their buy, but I would trade in Elliot Yo. He's got the round twelve buy. He's playing at Domain Stadium. That's basically a lock for one hundred and thirty points. Um, he probably has thirty points in the first half and a hundred point second half this week. Um, almost bank on it. But I'd look to get Elliot Yo or Josh J Kennedy. Um, in they're both averaging over 100 this season and both have the round 12 buy, so uh, they're pretty friendly. Otherwise, if you do want to get a round 11 player, I guess you, you could um, if you're not going to cop a donut, but I would try and avoid getting it. From a round 13, can you see any round 13 primos that you wouldn't mind in your side, JB? None. Literally none. I can't see any pistol. What about you? <laughs> Maybe Toby Green if you can handle the ups and downs, but I don't think... Um, I would get Toby Green. I know we've had a couple of messages to the page that said, should we get Jeremy Cameron? What are your thoughts about that? No. Is he not no, one of the most informed players in the competition at the moment? He is, um, but I don't think it's sustainable there. He's pretty much winning every game off his own boot, and I, I just honestly don't think that's sustainable. When they get more players back as well, Watch him, watch him drop off quite a lot. He's getting up the ground a lot more, which is is good, and it's good for scoring. Like I can, I can see where his points are coming from, um, more so. But I just don't think he's an option. I'd be more inclined to look at a Tom uh, Lynch pistol. Yeah, Tom Lynch. The problem is he has a really high break even, so it is at 153. So he's probably going to drop um 20, 25k, which is scaring people away. But sometimes. If it's the best option for your team, you just got to go early. And hopefully he scores 153 this week. He is capable of doing it. So, um, yeah, that is another very good option. Yep, no doubt. And moving on, we'll go into the captaincy very, very briefly because if you didn't have Dangerfield, you're, you're pretty much you're scared at the moment, Pistol, because he did, he did go crazy. But who would be your next vice-captaincy into captaincy choice if you miss Danger? Ooh, that's a, if I miss Dangerfield, I would be very, very upset right now. Um, I think you could look at someone, maybe Luke Dalhouse playing at Eddie Hat against St Kilda. That might not be uh, too bad of an option. I think it's pretty safe to go uh, at Scott Pendlebury. Um, he's... In after his 142, I'm sure he'll back that up against Brisbane with a good score. Elliot Yo at Domain Stadium is basically a lock for a 130, isn't he, JB? Oh, boy. Um, Elliot, no, as I've said in the past, although I do have him on my side now, so yeah, yeah, 130 plus would be good. Um, my key options would be in that Sydney versus Hawthorne game. I, I think Tom Mitchell's very safe to put the VC on at least against his former team. If you have Hanabry or JPK there, also very safe picks. 
And even Buddy Franklin. So I'm not sure how many goals uh, Hawthorne are conceding to their key forwards uh, against this year. But he could be a sneaky one considering Sydney are back in form and he, he might give them a bit of a spanking or a bit of a touch-up, I should say. So um, if you have Franklin, uh, Hannes or one of the boys in that game, I'd go one of them into uh, a Pendlebury or even a um, Bontempelli because it's uh, the next day. So there are there are a few good options, but if you miss that on Danger, you're just pulling your hair out, Pistol. Yep, that's that'd be rough. Which I was doing last week until Tom Mitchell came along. So... <laughs> There, there are happier days, I guess. <laughs> he hasn't stopped talking about it all week, folks. Well, I mean, would you? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. You really, uh, really left me hanging there. So, uh, I believe there were some Cancer Council donations this week, and a very generous one from a great admin that we have on the page, Pistol. Yeah, thank you very much, Regan, with your very sizable donation. Um, that is unbelievable. Regan is a fantastic admin, and uh, she's just great to have around the page, and we really uh, appreciate the work that she's put in. So, thank you very much, Regan. And to Throts, again, donating for donuts. We appreciate it, champion. You got a donut for Jared Witts. Um, he said, Proust, I don't hate you. And we certainly don't hate Proust because he's just basically indirectly donated money to the Cancer Council. So um, that's a good good, uh, good effort by him. At least he's doing something. Um, if you don't know what the Donate for Donuts is, basically you pledge a certain amount per donut throughout this period or throughout the, the season. Um, it can be $1, $5, $10, $20, whatever you want. And for every donut that you get, you donate it to charity, whatever the amount you pledged. Um, it's a lot of fun, so um, give it a go if you haven't done it before. It just uh, keeps you a bit more entertained throughout the season. Yeah, no doubt. It's a great um, it's a great charity to get around as well, the Cancer Council, so they do some great work. And it's something that the page, um, like we're very, very proud of ourselves, as you can tell by our admins um, donating uh, quite generously as much as we can, um, and especially when we get donuts. We're all around the donut for donuts. So um, whatever you can give, a dollar, five cents, doesn't matter. Uh, it all goes to a great cause, and it's all greatly appreciated by the team. Um, and that's pretty much us done for the week, uh, Pistol. Thank you for joining me, mate. No worries. And just remember, community, count to see how many players you have in round 11. Can't stress it enough because most people are seemingly unprepared for it. Uh, you will get three trades next week. So don't forget, you get three. So if you are at about 15 players for next week, you can still make it to the 18-player mark. So don't stress, especially if you haven't used these two. You can add in five more players. So I ex- hopefully everybody listening to this uh, podcast won't be copying any donuts for at least round 11 and hopefully throughout the rest of the buys. And Port were robbed. <laughs> yeah, still salty. I'm still salty about it. That'll sign us off, Pistol. And on that note, you can find us on the iTunes. I was able to fix it um, with no help to our tech guy who's just flown away from us um, at the worst possible timing. Thanks, thanks iTunes and thanks tech guy. But it will be up and running um, tomorrow. Make sure you get us on the SoundCloud as well. Leave a comment on the SoundCloud. We always check them. There's generally nothing there. And also leave a comment on the Facebook post. You can find the Supercoach Rings um, post. Uh, hyperlink on the in the comment section already on the supercoach post 
Uh, if you get them now, shipping should well and truly get to you before the end of the season. So um, great to get your mates around that. I think it's about a $10 pledge each and you can get yourself a nice championship ring for the winner of your Supercoach League. And we'll catch you all next Tuesday. So thanks again, Pistol. No worries. Thanks for having me. And if you guys are sick of us and are missing Chizo, don't forget to spam the comments uh, asking for Chizo to cut his trip short and come back on the podcast soon. Don't do it. We keep reminding him that he's not wanted back because he just left us. (laughs) All right. Thanks, community. (laughs)